Here we are at the Monaco Grand Prix. I'm Jeremy Clarkson and I'm delighted to be your guest commentator today, representing all you petrol heads. I'm sorry, we are experiencing some technical difficulties. I'm afraid uh, Jeremy Clarkson can't join us today. Moving quickly now to the track and Jensen Button has quickly taken pole position on this race. They're on lap 70 of 78, but quell catastrophe, Jensen's car, the smoke pouring from the engine. The car could explode at any moment. He's pulling into the pit now. The pit crew are looking confused. They're readying the fire extinguishers. The race looks lost, but wait. From the stand emerges a man in a green Beverly hat. He's carrying a jerry can. No! Stop! Oh God, I can't look! He's pouring petrol all over the car! This is a tragedy waiting to happen! Hang on, Jensen's accelerating away from the pit. He's had the other races once, twice, five times! He's across the finish line in a blaze of glory! Hello and welcome to the Oodcast. It's Series 6, Episode 5, and with me today, looking into the Mac screen and making sure we don't peek and pop, is the awesome Laura. I'll be peeking at you nah. intermittently. Oh, Ooh, there you are. There you are. There's one. <laughs> and also, uh, there we go. Fabulous. Does that the make it through the save that quite beautifully? <laughs> <laughs> and that other voice you can hear is Chris Alpha. Hello. Chris has yes, got some it is me. quite extraordinarily good stubble today. Have I? Yeah, it's oh, looking yeah. good. It's a good it's, look. It's laziness. It, it's not designer. I like Unless it, it's designer laziness. It's well done. Thank you. Yeah, you're like the George Clooney of our podcast. <laughs> Grey. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Mm, a silver fox, oh. if you will. Mm. <laughs> huh. I think there are foxes in Sherwood Forest, don't you? What, um, what kind of week have we been having? Well, I've been mostly excited about my gorgeous, sexy husband coming back from the States. He's probably somewhere in between New York and Toronto right about now. Funk's old brother. <laughs> cool. Is he is he being kind to the planet? Is he walking? I don't think so. <laughs> if he was, I'd be worried that he might be attacked by a mountain lion. Yeah. I don't know or a moose. What, is he going via a zoo? No, they're, they, they roam wild in the hills of... Maine, I don't know. They they roam wild. Do they have lions in Maine? Yeah, they've got they've got <laughs> lions. Didn't know that. Well, I don't know if they're in Maine, but they've certainly got lions in the national parks of America. And I know this because when I went to the place with the redwoods, Big Sur, um, it said, by the way, if you see a mountain lion, watch out. They tend to go for small children, so try and make yourself look big. So I went around <laughs> flapping my coat out and sort of making a voice like Brian Blessed. Oh, lion! No, you don't want me. I'm massive and will kill you. Did you see any foxes? No, no foxes. Sadly, a dearth of foxes. 
I'm not sure I would see that as an exotic animal to see abroad. You see them all the time. Well, what if it was an <laughs> Arctic London. fox? Oh, okay. They're proper cute. I like That's the way true. that they hunt under the snow. I do think foxes are cute. And I made the mistake once of bending down to one, like one would to a cat, to like go, hello, and hold him a hand out, and it bit my finger. Have you got rabies, Andy? Is I that don't know. Does that explain everything? Yeah, maybe. Oh. oh. <laughs> I think that's really sweet and really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the person in the pharmacy said the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on your CV yet? <laughs> Andy Candy, Fox Whisperer. Little John, be so good as to light a fire, would you? Of course, Robin. So, welcome, strangers. What brings you to Sherwood Forest? Is that Robin Hood? At your service, fair maiden. Hmm, appears to be. But he's a fox. Why, thank you. Ah, yes, sorry, wrong version of Robin Hood. Mm, yeah, more how, that. How about you, Chris Alf? It's it's Chris been, Alf. you know, I've been working. Yeah, lightening with lightening it all with Doctor Who as usual. Good, good. Um, yeah, it's it's just been stressful with work. Oh, Nothing else. I'm sorry it's to hear that. Fine. Did the robot of Sherwood lighten your weekend? Yes, it did. It was good fun, and the littlest Doctor liked it a lot as well. Um, so we watched it as a as a bit of an old family thing. That's and nice. Yeah. He I'm always intrigued to buckling jolly japery, wasn't it? It was. There? It was a breezy load of fun. And I'm intrigued to know what the littlest doctor made of it in a little bit more detail, if you would. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I can tell you much, except for he used the word cool a few times. Cool. Um, but then, as usual, when you try and go into more detail with him, he just says, well, I don't know, I just liked it. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. It, cool. He's not very descriptive at the moment. He's, you know, he's nearly 10. He doesn't really do description. I've noticed a lot of sort of vituperation online about how all oh, this episode was bobbins, it was, you know, really silly and not clever. But actually, I think that it's important that every now and again you have an episode which can be enjoyed by the target audience. I agree. I, I agree. And I also don't think it was that stupid um, because... It was quite, I mean, first of all, it was sort of the new Doctor going up against a legend, you know, so another legendary figure. And it's almost as if um, they're intentionally saying, okay, the Doctor has been seen as like a, a god or a legend in the last few years. Let's put him in the room with another legend and see how they go on. And they just bicker like small children. Um, but also the, the structure, not the structure, the episode has felt like it was made up of lots of different versions of the Robin Hood myth. Ah, that's interesting, because I don't really know the different iterations of Robin Hood. Well, so the, quite a few, of, if not all, of the set-piece stuff, like the fighting on the log, um, the, the, the final confrontation where he cuts the rope and flies up into the ceiling, yeah. they're from the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. Um, there was the picture of Patrick Troughton as Robin Hood. Hooray! The the title was um, a sort of a past pun on the ITV eighty series Robin of Sherwood. Mm -hmm. um, Clara calls Robin Hood the Prince of Thieves at one point. And there was a little bit of melancholy about his former status and his lost love, which is tying in a bit mm. more with the actual myth of it, isn't there? Yeah. Having said that, I know that people loved the duel with the spoon. 
<laughs> that for me was a real bum note. I found that whole thing so forced and ridiculous. They seem to be making Capaldi somehow trying to compensate for his age by making him do ridiculous physical stunts that they probably wouldn't get a younger actor to do. Just to say, oh, look, it's all right. The doctor's still got it. He can still leap around a bit. And it just looked really brittle and uncomfortable and clunky. Like, well... I don't know. Can I just say like that? Someone I with a broken hip trying to do a merengue. I heartily <laughs> disagree. What's a merengue? It's like a salsa, but a bit sexier. <laughs> or alternatively, it's like a, a whipped um, sort of egg and sugar concoction. Mm, I like them. <laughs> I like the lemon ones the best. Lemon merengue. Uh, no, I heartily disagree, Loz. I hooted with laughter at it. And I love the idea that somehow... Doctor Who is probably the only series where you get to see the hero fighting a sword fight with a spoon. And there's something quite delightful about the fact that he can do that. I don't think there's any other hero that could physically do that other than Doctor Who. Well, it's certainly no heroes that it would be in character for to do that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I've got, got to disagree with that. What it? about Bugs Bunny? I bet you could see Bugs Bunny fighting somebody with a spoon. He'd use a carrot, surely. Or anybody from Looney Tunes... <laughs> Yeah, but it's a cartoon. I'm so not... car- I think the difference between um, television with real actors and cartoons is the cartoons is such an escapist world. Like, you know, Tom and Jerry flattens Jerry every five minutes and he survives all right. Hang on. But with Doctor Who, it's like, here's a, a spoon which would have been broken by that sword. But because it's the Doctor's spoon, it doesn't break. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm not sure I can let you get away with saying oh. that um, lo- like a cartoon world is escapist, but an episode of Doctor Who where they go in a time machine to a mythical part of England mm. where they meet robot aliens with a spaceship decided well, disguised mean as a castle. <laughs> in a cartoon world, it's somehow the normal laws of like of pain and um, and fighting are sort of more suspended than they are even in Doctor Who. Okay. There you go. Wow. Is it really real? I thought you said we'd see it being built. No. The Colossus of Rhodes was fascinating, you said. I'll take you back to where it was constructed. Those were your words. Constructed, yes. Built, no. What? And I'm sorry, we're a few minutes late. They've already adopted the disguise. You mean... Yeah, it's a spaceship. This one's disguised as a bit shoddy, too. Uh, You can almost see the midsection poking out of the top of the legs. Disappointing and disturbing. You're on form today. This is hardly gritty realism, though. No, in fact, they they actually (laughs) had to remove a little bit of gritty realism from it. Yeah, they did. Because um, apparently there were supposed to be two beheadings in this, but due to recent current news events of some tragedy, Uh, they had to take those out. I I don't think the other one counts as a beheading. No, it was more sort of like a Pez dispenser that's gone badly wrong. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect description, funnily enough. I think they were right to do it um out of respect uh with regard to the events um i think it's very interesting uh, um the kind of change that it brought to the villain in that the reveal that he was a robot uh was actually was lost on me because i missed the line of i'm a robot muahaha 
Uh, and I kind of got it when he we see his hands climbing up out of the, the vat mm. at the end. Um, but it's interesting that the, the, the robot of Sherwood is the sheriff of, of Sherwood, and I kind of missed it. But I didn't actually feel like that would have made that much sense anyway. I quite like the idea that he is just a very Machiavellian man who's decided that he's got the potential and the brains to manipulate these robots to his own end, his own very sort of basic end. And what a brilliant speech from Ben Miller, you know, mm. Lincoln and yeah. then the world! <laughs> ben Miller was really good. In fact, that's my, my all the notes I made on, on people's acting was... Ben Miller was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he really was. <laughs> that was a lovely scene between him and Clara where he's yeah. desperately mm. trying to seduce her and she's sort of wheedling around him as if he has very bad BO, which, you know, it's the Middle Ages. It's which quite possible, would, especially yeah. as he's but not he's, a robot. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't really think I get the sense in having the sheriff as a robot as well. Because if he's a robot, why did he go to all of, the, uh, you know, all the effort of making himself look human? when nobody else around him was. Surely it would have been more terrifying for the surrounding countryside if he wasn't human. I think he needed to have that air of legitimacy that, you know, here's somebody who was an established ruler before and there's that continuity to it's just a tax levy. Of course, we're going to raise mm. things up. You know, I don't think it matters, though. Like, oh, you're not scared of me. You'll be scared of this army of robots that will blast you out of the... You know, but I don't think but they still. knew there were robots until the Doctor lops an arm off. Yeah, there no, was a, probably true. a lot of collective gasping and surprise, yeah. wasn't there? Now that's more like it. Can't go wrong with the Great Pyramid. Before you get excited, it's a spaceship. What?! It's mostly underground, so all you can see is the nose, but it's definitely a spaceship. Are you going to tell me everywhere we go is a spaceship? N- not if it isn't one. Can we see some of the other Seven Wonders then? Uh, not if you're looking to avoid spaceships. Even the Hanging Gardens of Babylon? It's impressive, I'll give you that. They worked hard on the design. You'll be telling me the Taj Mahal is a spaceship next. It's a very innovative design to cover all four interstellar drives and water-based cooling system. Well, what's left? Well, we could see the Great Wall of China. That's not a spaceship? You don't build a spaceship in a long line. That's a wall. I was trying to make a link um, as to whether it's the same clockwork robots that we saw before or not. Did anyone else think of that? Well, they had the same destination as the droid in Deep Breath, the Promised Land, Mm, which again is coming round again and again, that there's a whole bunch of people heading in the same direction. I've heard somebody suggesting that that, the Promised Land, the the set that Missy is on, um, is the same as the set that was used for the girl who waited. It is. Well, Mm. the garden is the same thing, but I don't think... That I don't think that's actually some kind of plotted thing. I think that's just a coincidence. Yeah. I think they found a nice mm. place with a nice formal garden and it's, they've chosen to use it again yeah. without thinking that people would pick up on it because it was dressed very, very differently to the girl who waited. If um, I had one massive bone to pick with the episode, um, and let me just state now that there were many things I really enjoyed about it, including the sort of the whimsical bafflement of Robin when he realises that he's sort of been consumed by his own myth was a very, very nice element. Mm. The problem was 
it being followed up by that ludicrous, ludicrously stupid arrow shot into the side of the rocket. What a pile of crap. Yeah, I didn't buy the idea of a golden arrow being shot into the side of a rocket. We'll give it enough gold into its system <laughs> that was lucky yeah exactly yeah oh, well, hang on a minute would that not have i don't know penetrated some kind of important mechanical thing <laughs> and why uh, would they give away the flipping gold in the first place you know if they're desperately yeah, seeking as much gold as possible i know <laughs> let's give away a prize of some gold I, I, that makes sense i didn't like that bit from a, a story point of view it made the whole thing look from like a structure point of view really ordinary because it's sort of two um two people who are important at least in their own little worlds come together they argue they bicker then they realize that if they work together they can solve the problem and welcome back to the world chess championships 2014 magnus carlson and viswanathan arnand face off over the board two titans of the game you can cut the tension with a knife after a month of intense competition this game has been running now for three hours magnus is sweating he's lost his queen he looks quite unwell he calls for water and a young woman emerges from the crowd she flashes her dimples at magnus and now she's poured a bucket of water on him Uh, outrageous even in the days of Kasparov, we never saw anything like this. Magnus looks up. He's soaking, but with a twitch of his wrist, he moves his knight to e6. And oh, oh, checkmate! Oh, there's nothing an Anne can do. Oh, we never saw that coming. What do you think the littlest doctor made of it? Did he sort of... I don't think he cared. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh. that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's interesting that I think if I was eight watching that i'd be like oh that's clever so they've used some gold to augment the system and now it can get out of the atmosphere yeah. so it's fine i i think yeah i think that is probably how he thought about it like, oh that's pretty cool as well they're shooting an arrow into the sky yeah. the, um and, and i think to an extent i kind of still think that way myself but i have to admit when they were all on the floor pulling the the bow belt off with their feet uh, but I like the fact that the doctor couldn't do it because he cheated. Because that yeah. scene with the arrow <laughs> competition, that was stunningly brilliant. So funny. Just all the arrows bashing into each other. He had a sort of a bouquet of quivering fronds. It was brilliant. Yeah. I'm quite intrigued um, by the way, not by the way the doctor's developing, by the way that the doctor doesn't seem to be losing his grumpy streak yet. And I quite I quite like that. I also quite am a little bit disappointed by people insisting that he's being cruel and mean. Like he's not really I mean he is being mean, but in this episode I think it's more that he feels threatened by the fact that this is an amazing character from mythical history. Um and he's trying to prove that he's still the big you know, the the big person he yeah. thought he was. I was a bit doubtful about that. We'd not seen the doctor do that before as far as I can remember. And I think it was making a story point that these are two legendary heroes in the same room. Yeah. I wasn't sure I was happy with the Doctor trying to sort of um, compete against another character to prove himself as a hero. Do you know what? I really don't think that that's what was going on in this episode. I think the Doctor was like somebody who feels like they're completely rational, completely scientific and doesn't quite understand sort of 
emotions or or fantasy and is desperately trying to explain to people what's actually going on you know you can't mm. exist you should be dead you're riddled with diseases you know why do you keep laughing why is there a dwarf suddenly <laughs> and i think that's probably you know what was going on here he's almost in some sort of slight fever dream and he doesn't understand why everybody else doesn't just snap out of it which is why he keeps on sort of saying oh that's very realistic I don't understand this you know I'm going to test this and scan this and check that and that's part again of his disconnect from from people he doesn't he's he's displaying that mildly spectrum behavior of doesn't get why he why he's upsetting people or Mm -hmm. what they could be talking Uh about I, I agree. I've, I think that's been consistent in the way the Doctor's been behaving the last three episodes as well. Um, he's he's running basically on logic and nothing else because that's all he's sure of. Um, and and in this one, he comes up against somebody who uh, has a, you know, he's basically I don't know how to describe it. Cock of the walk, I suppose. That's in an his excellent universe. way of describing mm-hmm. it. Um, he's. Uh, you know, he has a sort of naive, airy confidence in what he's doing. In many ways, he's no the can... polar opposite of the Doctor, but achieving the same ends. Yeah, yeah, and the, it's in this one. I think it's just kind of a personality clash with Robin that causes all the arguments. But he is also he he doesn't understand why nobody else sees that this is wrong. And in terms of the competition between the two of them, I think that's really borne out very nicely in the dungeon scene where they're mm. essentially just haranguing each other whilst Clara gets increasingly frustrated. But again, here's another scene where Clara's revealed to be a proper smooth operator, really sort of canny and has things figured out a long time before the guy who mm. lives in the situation and the guy who ought to know everything <laughs> about the situation yep. mm-hmm. actually does because she's reading the people around her and responding accordingly. Mm. Uh, I like that that scene ended with neither of them winning. Yeah, that um, was nice. That that seemed to be the best possible resolution. It's just childish uh, fighting between the two. And I don't I don't really see how that's it um I I, w- I would have been disappointed if either of them had kind of got away with it. I like to see the doctor's bluff called when he's doing that. Mm. Um, but it really reminds me, it all reminds me still of the first Doctor. And that's why I'm not, you know, the first Doctor was as grumpy as hell, mm. you know, was very close to killing somebody in one of, you know, his first story. Yeah. Was incredibly mean for this in the second story as well. Like intentionally stranded them on Scarrow. And it's a, they both sound to me like things that this Doctor would do as well. For curiosity, accidentally pretend to lose a bit of the TARDIS and find it in his pocket at the end of the episode. Yeah. Now, that sounds exactly like this, Doctor. Welcome to Rio. It's the event we've all been waiting for, the men's 200-metre finals. It's an explosive powerhouse of physical prowess. In lane five, we have the defending champion and Olympic gold medalist Usain Bolt representing Jamaica, and in lane six, just next to him, the challenger Justin Gatlin of the United States. They're lining up at the start. And they're off! What's this? Bolt looks tired. He's stumbling and slowing down. There's a commotion in the crowd. A skinny white-haired man has appeared and he's thrown a donut at Bolt. It's stuck to the back of his head. Surely the race must be stopped now. But wait, Bolt's speeding up. He's past the rest of the field. He's over the finish line, a clear 15 metres ahead of the competition. This is unprecedented. 
Bolt is making his victory lap of the track, wearing his donutty halo. Where he got that last burst of energy from, we'll never know. I'd like to shout out uh, to Clara and uh, Jenna Coleman. I think that the the character has changed so much this series, and Jenna Coleman's running with it. She's uh, she's having a whale of a time. I I I I agree and I disagree. Um, I think Jenna Coleman is consistently brilliant. I think the characters in limbo a little bit i think we're being told more about the character than we're actually seeing so we're, we're being told that she's changing or developing in ways that we're not seeing yet so i'd like to see things happen oh, do you think it's going somewhere you don't think it's i like, hope so yeah and it would be out of character for moffat for it not to go somewhere do you think it's part of the arc therefore not necessarily i mean well it might be it might be just that we're missing stuff maybe there is a whole you know story the strand of the story going on with danny that we've not seen or something. Yeah, we've not seen that yet. So, um, yeah, yeah. But we're going to find out a little bit more next week, which looks seriously creepy. I am actually quivering slightly when I think about watching it. But you'll have your lovely bow back. That's true. And I I did there? Double meaning of the word bow. Yes, very nice. Well, and certainly all tied up in knots about seeing him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shall we do our summation of the episode with uh, two or three choice words? The haiku for Robot of Sherwood. Legends don't get on as Castle tries to escape, saved by Golden Shot. Bright, breezy, fun. Robot rapscallions rocket rousted. Mm, gosh, I don't know what to say now. I think we should say goodbye. Mm, that would be a good place to end. Well, it's goodbye from me, Andy. Uh, and goodbye from me, Chris Alpha. I'm still him, yeah. And toodlepip from me, Laura. Bye. Bye. Have a lovely week. Robin Hood and Doctor Who meeting in the forest Bickering back and forth of what the un has to say Witnesses and disbelievers having such an odd time Oodle-lally, oodle-lally, golly, what a day Never thinking there was danger from another planet They were fighting with a sword and a spoon Getting captured by a scheming sheriff and his robots It's enough to make a modern maiden swoon Robin Hood and Doctor Who fighting on a big log Awkward lunches, late repasts, a dunking to delay Contemplating nothing but escaping, finally getting wet Oodle-lally, oodle-lally, golly, what a day Oodle-lally, oodle-lally, golly, what a day